Welcome to Scholastic Reads, our podcast about books, authors, and the joy and power of reading. I'm your host, Suzanne McCabe, Editor-at-Large at Scholastic. Thank you for joining us. Summer isn't just for playing outside, swimming in the pool, or heading off to camp. It's also a crucial time for students to be reading. According to the Scholastic Kids and Family Reading Report, 6 in 10 kids told us they really enjoy reading over the summer. Why? They say it's because they're able to read what they want, it's a fun way to pass the time, and they want to keep their brains active. But don't just take it from our data. Let's hear from a few kids themselves. My name is Daniel Mayer Golgesser. I am in sixth grade. Uh, my name is Mackenzie Linton, and I'm 12 years old. My name is Toma, and I'm 11 years old. My name is Elijah Hendrick, and I'm in sixth grade. We asked them to tell us about their favorite books, and we heard a lot of this. I have a favorite book series, which is Harry Potter. My favorite book is Harry Potter. The Harry Potter series. My favorite book is Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. But we also heard from some kids whose go-to book wasn't Harry Potter. Geronimo Stilton and Thea Stilton. My favorite book is probably Percy Jackson series by Rick Riordan because it really, it is just so relatable even though the characters are so like fictional. But, like, they all have character traits that make them really human. He was, like, scared in moments. That I would be scared and made me feel like you don't have to be, uh, like, in, you, even if you're scared, you can still be, like, a hero. My favorite book is The Hate You Give because I feel like even though I can't completely relate with it on a personal level, it, you connect with the character. My favorite character would be between Brie from On the Come Up or Star from The Hate You Give because um, they show you a lot of things and how they try and get through their life while they're going through a lot of struggles and how they have to sometimes find the best in things and other times just try and reach for the stars. Are you planning to read this summer? Yes, lots of reading. I'm also going to reread Harry Potter. I'm also going to reread um, Everything, Everything and The Sun is Also a Star. I will read a lot. I'm planning to go to the library and get a lot of books that I started the series, but I couldn't find. And I have a lot of books on hold, which I hope to read during the summer, like Keeper series and the um, Land of Stories series. I have a list of books on my um, phone that I want to read. I think one book I wanted to read was Allegedly. Mostly I want to read books again that I've already read because every time since you read books in between, you get a different feeling every time. What do you like about reading over the summer? There's more choice and I can be more relaxed since I don't have to think about what time I need to go to bed or like what I need to do tomorrow. Well, reading, it just like sometimes it's a passing time, but most of the time I like reading because it like it like opens up like new adventures for me. I'm always at home, bored, and then reading. It's like I'm with the characters. Well, when you read, it takes you into a whole new world and just makes me feel like traveling and having fun, even though I might be just 
sitting down and reading. We love getting responses like this from kids. Summer reading is not just fun. It also plays a key role in stemming the loss of academic skills that happens while school is out, known as the summer slide. And while more parents than ever are aware of the summer slide, and kids say they like summer reading, an increasing number of kids report that they're not reading any books at all over the summer. Our data also found that more than half of kids say they get their books from their school or classroom library, which means those kids simply may not have access to books during the summer. In the wake of these findings, we wanted to make our annual Summer Reading Challenge even bigger and better than ever. Here to tell you all about the Scholastic Summer Read-A-Palooza is Stephanie Smirnoff, the Executive Vice President of Global Communications at Scholastic. Hi, Stephanie. Welcome to the program. Hi, Suzanne. Thanks for having me. Well, we are thrilled to hear from you about the Scholastic Summer Read-A-Palooza. Tell us all about it. I would love to, because this has been such a deep, longstanding commitment of Scholastic going all the way back to 2006. So the Scholastic Summer Read-A-Palooza is actually the latest evolution in a summer reading program that we've been holding now for all these years, because first and foremost, there's something that we want people to be aware of, which is the summer slide. Now, our listeners may not all know what that is. So the summer slide is something that happens, and it's been well-documented. If a child doesn't stay engaged in reading over the summer, over time, this can accumulate into a two-year reading achievement gap by the time a kid is in middle school. And we know from research that the more engaged a child stays in reading over the summer, the better prepared they are for the school year ahead. So originally, the summer reading program was designed to create awareness of the summer slide, but more importantly, make it easy and fun for kids to keep reading over the summer. That's why this has been such a passionate commitment of ours at Scholastic for all these years. Yes, it's such a terrific program for all of our young readers. But what's new about it this year? So basically what we've set up is a way for kids teachers, community partners, school librarians to make it easy for kids to read and log every minute that they've read over the summer. That's what we've always had in place um, over the past 14 years. Now there's this new component, and it's this idea that together kids reading can actually help unlock reading opportunities for kids who don't have access to books over the summer. And this is so important because we know that the percentage of kids who report not reading a single book over the summer, that's actually on the rise. We know that from our own scholastic research. So one of the reasons why there's a barrier to kids reading over the summer is they don't have books. They don't have access. What people might be surprised to hear is that a kid's classroom library or their school library may be the only place they have access to books. So what happens when school's out? that child doesn't have access to books anymore. So one of the things that we wanted to tackle was how could this wonderful summer reading program that we've had going for all these years actually help make books available to these kids who don't have access. And one of the things that we knew is if we could tap into the natural altruism of kids, we could help get it done. I'm sure kids are so happy to really help and give back. We know there's a hunger in them to do that. It's so wonderful. When you look at some of the research, there have been studies that say that a child will naturally demonstrate selfless behavior 
as early as two years old, where a kid will want to do the right thing just because they want to help, not because there's a reward or because they know that they're going to get a goodie from their parents. So we know that children naturally want to give back. So the idea of tying that into the summer reading challenge and specifically Rita Palooza this summer is that we connect the idea of the more minutes of reading that a child logs, it helps unlock donations of books all over the country. So that idea has gotten kids really excited, kids who were excited anyway, because they're reading, they're logging their minutes, they love that that sense of accomplishment is something that they can celebrate, but that those minutes also then help another child, that's really resonating. And it makes sense because the research shows children want to give back, children want to do good from the earliest ages. Oh, that is so great to hear, Stephanie. I love that. But how does it work exactly? How are these, once they unlock the minutes, how do the books get into other children's hands? How we get the books to the kids was a really important component of the program, and we wanted to make sure that we had the right partners to help us do that. And we have the best possible partner yeah. in the United Way. So basically, we identified these three big milestones over the summer when we hit major minutes. So when we hit 25 million minutes of, of reading logged, that unlocked the first wave of donations. That happened early in the summer, by the way, because we can't we can't slow the kids down. They're logging those minutes. The next milestone happened at 50 million, and that unlocked another wave of donations. And our next milestone will be 100 million minutes, at which point the final wave of donations will go out through the United Way. Oh my goodness, that is what that's so ambitious, though. <laughs> it is. We yeah. have we have two hundred thousand books to give away, Suzanne. So we are we're very very <laughs> proud of all the kids who are participating in the program because it's their reading minutes that are going to make all those books get into the right hands. On that note, let's hear from the organization that's helping us make sure that those two hundred thousand books get into the hands of kids who need them. Here's Iola Fortune the Senior Director of Impact and Global Results at United Way Worldwide. Hi, Iola. Welcome to the program. Hi, Suzanne. We're delighted to be talking with you about United Way's collaboration with Scholastic for our summer reader, Palooza. So first, I, I wondered if you could tell us about the mission of United Way. United Way is a global uh, network. We have 1,800 United Ways globally, 1,100 based in the U.S. And collectively, United Ways are focused on mobilizing individuals to create stronger communities. And we work on the issues that people care about most, that impact their lives most and the lives um, of their family and friends. And that is the ability to get a quality education, early childhood on through post-secondary education uh, for themselves and their families. That's the ability to secure a good-paying job that enables them to support their families as well as have the opportunity for upward mobility um, and to improve their socioeconomic status and the ability to live a healthy life in a healthy community. But those things collectively make what it means to live a good life. And a core part of how we work is, you know, understanding community needs, and that comes with being um, in community and engaging people. Wow, that's such a tall order. 
How do you determine what the specific needs are in that community and how do you meet them? Sure. Um, I think you have to understand the community needs and context to make sure that the work you're doing is really going to make a difference. And we do that in a couple of ways. One, we engage community residents, and that can take on a variety of forms. There's no cookie-cutter approach to that. So that includes, you know, holding, convening community conversations where residents can come together and talk about their needs and concerns related to the community. It can be surveys, online uh, surveys, for instance, one-on-one conversations with key leaders in the community. And so... Um, that engagement is critical to understand the lived experience of people and their families and how those issues actually are impacting them in their day-to-day lives. Another piece of it then is then looking at data to better understand those underlying issues and needs. So looking at data that ranges from poverty statistics to employment, to access to health care, to education and, and school and district level data related to things like third grade reading proficiency, high school graduation levels, post-secondary completion. And where that data doesn't exist, United Ways is sometimes part of generating that data and um, creating uh, state of community reports that sort of look at key indicators of well-being that cover education, income, and health. And so a lot of our work in education is informed uh, by that data, most often from school districts that we partner with in community, um, as well as engaging parents, engaging students themselves, engaging teachers and administrators to understand their perspective on what some of those needs and challenges are. I see. So it's quite a comprehensive approach. What drew United Way to the Scholastic Summer Rita Palooza, and how does this collaboration make sense for United Way? Oh, it's a perfect fit for us. Uh, we have a priority, a long-standing focus on early grade reading, uh, really focused on across communities in this country, how do we increase the reading proficiency levels of all uh, students, especially uh, third and fourth graders, and then how do we close the gaps that we see that are based on race and income. If you look at national level data, like the National Assessment of Educational Progress, you see that we only have about a third of our fourth graders that are reading proficiently. Um, And that is a, a crisis for us in terms of preparing the workforce of tomorrow, because we know that if you don't make that switch from learning uh, to read to reading to learn, those gaps only widen as you progress through school. And we actually can link your inability to read proficiently by the end of third grade into fourth grade to whether or not it's predictive as to whether or not you're going to complete high school. And so it's critical, and it's because of that, it's a priority um, for us to close those gaps, but also to shine a light on the fact that we have to raise those proficiency rates for everyone. And so when we look at how we're doing that, one of the core strategies, if you look across the communities where United Ways are leading on these efforts, is increasing access to books for children who need them the most. And we've largely done this in partnership with partners like Scholastic. So it's always been the way that we function by engaging partners who have a shared purpose around um, reading and putting more books in the hands of children. So it's a natural fit for us. 
We also previously partnered with Scholastic to deliver books after Superstorm Sandy, uh, 50,000 books to be exact. So we have an experience uh, in partnering this way, um, and we're, we're thrilled about having the opportunity again. Yes, it is such a perfect match. As you know from Scholastic's Kids and Family Reading Report, we found the same data, and we are very working very hard to address that decline at nine. Could you describe how United Way and Scholastic are working together on this mission? Sure. So um, we are partnering, and United Way's role is primarily to engage our local United Ways to distribute the books. Um, Scholastic has come up with the titles, um, the age-appropriate titles, and we've worked together to figure out the how we'll distribute that, the distribution amounts. Uh, we've identified United Ways to receive and subsequently distribute these books in communities, so they'll be receiving them and then primarily distributing them in a couple ways in terms of um, through summer programs that they're running that have a literacy focus um, and through other community events, as well as having them available at their location. So we've agreed to make sure that these books are distributed as best as possible um, through a range, you know, through diverse geography. We want to cover all 50 states if we can. You know, young children, any, any child anywhere in this country can be part of helping ensure that other children in need have access to books. And we just think that that's a fantastic way um, to get everybody engaged. Wow, that's great to hear. Could you tell us about some of the communities that will be receiving books? Sure. So we've got about 45 United Ways that have already signed up. Our United Way in Tucson and Southern Arizona, for example, they have, um, as part of their education work, you know, they've got family engagement. They work cradle to career, but they also have an initiative called Read on Tucson, which provides, um, they work in partnership with seven local school districts to improve reading scores. Uh, which is typical of a lot of our United Ways in terms of how they uh, create partnerships on the ground with schools to do this. Um, and so they'll be using the books. They'll, they'll be part of that first group uh, to receive and uh, distribute books. We've got our United Way in southwestern Pennsylvania that serves Pittsburgh and the surrounding area that's engaged in, in similar efforts. And so what's common about, and, the, and they're, just, they're just two of many, Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so far we've got states as far ranging as Arizona, Arkansas, California, Connecticut, Florida, Georgia, Indiana, and so on. And typically, um, the way they are getting these out are through their existing efforts. And so that was the appeal of having free books because it layers right into the supports they're already providing. That's terrific. That's just what we need. So what have been some of the most rewarding experiences so far from this collaboration with Scholastic? I think just the excitement uh, for those of us who have a you know who care about um, the nation's children and youth, and I would assume that's all of us, but those who work in this space every day, just the opportunity um, to know that we are part of making that happen. Uh, especially for children who need it the most and may not have sufficient access to books in the home. So there's a lot of excitement. 
a lot of United Ways thanking us for having this opportunity because it just enhances what they're already able to do. And there's something really meaningful and tangible about so often when you're in this work, especially when you're working at the national level and even working sort of as the, um, the organizational level, local United Ways and community, you don't often get to see the immediate tangible results of your work. It's long-term, it's, uh, you're in it for the long haul, and you're really focused on the North Star. But sort of these, these stops along the way, these opportunities along the way where we can really um, tangibly see the impact that we're having when you put a book in the hands of a young person, I think is, is really rewarding and gratifying when you know you're part of that chain of making that happen. As you can probably tell, we are so excited about the opportunity to help increase book access for kids across the country. But there's actually another component to the Scholastic Summer Rita Palooza. Here's Stephanie again. One of the things that we were so excited about this year is that we have the support of a whole network of independent booksellers and communities across the country who are holding their own summer reading palooza events. We're calling them summer reading celebrations. So during these events, a child in that town or that city could bring a book of their own, something gently used, and they could actually donate it, drop it off at a book drive at their local booksellers. So that's another way that kids can participate, whether they're logging their own minutes and participating in the online reading challenge or showing up at a participating bookseller with their own well-loved book to drop off. It's another way that that will get into the hands of a kid who needs book access. What's nice is that our booksellers have asked for this. They are looking for ways to make a difference in their own communities. So this gives the bookseller a way to identify the organizations in their own backyard who will benefit from the books. So we're able to to tackle this challenge of book access, both at the bookseller, at the community level, but also through our partnership with United Way. Oh, gosh, that's so special and wonderful that kids are really pitching in to help these help all children read. Exactly. And that's that's the magic of all of this, because we know that when you give a child the right tools and the right support, they can make such a difference. I think if we leave it to the kids, the kids will ultimately fix the problems of the world <laughs> more effectively than we can. But it's been so exciting to see it actually come to life. Jody Everett is one of the many booksellers who store beanbag books, hosted a scholastic summer Rita-Palooza celebration this year as well as an in-store book drive. Hi, Jody. Welcome to the program. Hi, Suzanne. Thank you. We are delighted to have you here today. And I wondered if you could tell our listeners a little bit about your community and your bookstore. I love the name Beanbag Book. Great. Yes. Our community, Delaware, is a small college town with a lot of hometown pride. Um, Our Delatown is flourishing right now with a variety of small businesses and restaurants. And Delaware and the surrounding communities are very supportive of our little bookstore. We are very thankful for all the support that we do get. Um, We have a town of book lovers, and they really enjoy and appreciate the events and activities that we're able to offer to them. Um, And Beanbag Books... The name is new, but the store actually has been around for 30 years. It started as a teacher's supply store, and the original name was Fundamentals Parent Teacher Store. Um, and that's kind of evolved within those 30 years into a children's bookstore, and that's what we bought it as. Wonderful. A thriving reading community. That's what it's all about. 
<laughs> Nothing <Yeah>. better. <laughs> now, you hosted a summer reading celebration in June. I wondered if you could tell us about that. Yes, we were so excited to have Dog Man and Clifford come to our shop. Um, we had about 75 to 100 guests stop by for pictures and to meet their favorite book characters. And we also offered some crafts and giveaways and things like that during the time. Um, but Dog Man and Clifford were definitely the highlights of the day. We had so many people <laughs> that were looking forward, especially like our Dog Man fans. We have a really large following. We have some kids that know that Dog Man's coming out before even I know that Dog Man is coming out. So they, the, the, the new editions of the book, that is. Um, yes, so yes. they're very excited. <laughs> um, and then we had some little fans of Clifford and some older fans of Clifford, too, that grew up with him throughout the years. So it was a lot of fun. Yes. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> I love that, Jody. <laughs> okay. So you also, uh, you're, you're also participating in a community book drive. Am I mm -hmm. right? Yes. Could yes. you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, we are collecting both new and gently used books to donate to our local United Way. Um, we have a strengthening families organization within Delaware and that um, supports Delaware County. And they provide books to local organizations to help families in need of housing, or um, they also donate books to our local school summer lunch program. So students who come and get summer lunches, they can also pick a book at that point. Um, and then several other child centers programs around the county. So, and we've had a wonderful response from our community. So far, we were able to drop off around 150 books, and we're still collecting through um, the end of July. So we have an almost full donation box again. So wow. <laughs> and yes, we've had a wonderful uh, response to great, this donation. Great. I'm sure the kids fabulous. really appreciate getting such fun books to read. Well, so far through this summer, what has surprised you the most about this reading initiative? I think just the enthusiasm behind it. Um, people really love to share books, you know, and books that have touched them in various ways. And they're very, that, that's one thing I love about a book loving town is they're very vocal and they're willing to share the books that have moved them and why. And I think that has been really eye opening for me, you know, and then I'm able to share that information to other people. Maybe it's not a book that I've read, but it's one that has that personal connection that you're able to make with them. And I think that's wonderful. And the enthusiasm for the kids, we had one little girl that loved the idea of donating books. And so she was going around the bookstore and just loading that <laughs> that book bin up, not realizing that, you know, you had to pay for the books too. <laughs> and she, she just loved the idea of sharing books with other kids. And so it was very sweet. So her mom let her pick, you know, a couple of the books that she was so willingly <laughs> adding to the box. Um, but, you know, I, th I think people love to share and they love to share those books that touch them the most. Uh, that That's so great to hear. Well, thank you very, very much for talking with us, Jody, and wishing you a wonderful summer of reading. The Bookstore Plus in Lake Placid, New York, also saw a fantastic response from their community to the book drive and Rita Palooza celebration. Here's owner Sarah Galvin. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Suzanne. Sarah, could you tell our listeners a little bit about your community and your bookstore? Yes. Um, we are located in Lake Placid, New York, and it's a small resort town of about 3,500 year-round residents. 
we've hosted the Winter Olympics twice, uh, 1932 and 1980. So we do have a huge tourism base, um, which helps sustain our fabulous little second-generation independent bookstore. Oh, that's terrific. Now, you hosted a summer reading celebration in the beginning of July. I wondered if you could tell us about that. Yeah. Oh, it was so great. So every Monday morning in July and August, we host a story time at 10 a.m. And when Scholastic approached us for hosting the Rita Palooza this summer, we were thrilled that the timing worked out, that it got to be kind of a kickoff event to our summer story time. So we hosted the event inside and outside of the store. We had the characters set up outside, Dogman, uh, alternating with Clifford, which was a ton of fun. And then inside the store, we had activities, the different coloring pages. We did read some of the stories. We read a couple of Clifford books, and it was just a really nice community event that a lot of our locals came out to support and a lot of our visitors were really excited to catch um, as they were passing by. And you also held a community book drive, didn't you? We did. So in in conjunction with the event, we uh, set up a a box and we had people bring in donations for it. And then we also had a couple of customers who came specifically to the event and purchased books and put those in the donation box, which um, was really it was really excellent. And the um, the collection period, we left it open for that entire week. We did have a couple customers who brought in um, bags and boxes of books. And I think we ended up with about 200 books that we were able to donate to our local food pantries. Oh, that's terrific. And you've already delivered the books and they're all in the hands of the new readers? We did. Kayla, who is our events coordinator, she took three different afternoons and went to the local food pantries and set up a table with the information and uh, a couple of the handouts that Scholastic left behind with the dogman tattoos and activity sheets. And she just had, she was thrilled with the response that she got from, from the families who received the books. Oh, that's so great, Sarah. Why is it crucial that kids get access to books, especially during the summer? Why is it important that we increase that access? I think I think it's just important that we're all reading all the time because we have to live in a smart, beautiful society. And um, the more access we have to books, the more doors are open. Uh, I think it's just, I think it's so, so important that whenever we can share the love of reading, we do it. That's wonderful. Thanks so much to all of our guests who joined us today. And thank you for listening. To learn more about the Scholastic Summer Palooza and to join the Scholastic Summer Reading Challenge, check the show notes or go to scholasticreads.com. Special thanks to producer Emily Morrow, associate producer Mackenzie Catrazula, sound engineer Daniel Jordan, and music composer Lucas Elliott Eberl. I'm Suzanne McCabe. We look forward to sharing more Scholastic Reads next time.